0: So why did he need a uh, black director? Could a white director not have? It's not color. It's culture. Explain the difference, because I think we're. we're Steven in a space Spielberg right did Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese did Goodfellas, right? Steven Spielberg could direct Goodfellas. Martin Scorsese probably could have done a good job with Schindler's List, but their cultural differences. I know, you know, we all know what. It is what a hot comb hits your hair on a Sunday morning. What it smells like. That's a cultural difference. Not just a color difference. All right, so it's the culture.
1: Yo, what's going on, good people? Rich here. School in the building. What's up, brother? What's happening? Slow motion, man. Yes, sir. yes, sir. back at it again. Oh, Another way. episode, Culture Garden Podcast. Y'all know how we're gonna start this, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for supporting. Thanks for your feedback. Um, had a few people tell me that they watched Next Friday and you know agreed with the take. Like, hey, I, it's been a while and it yes. was funny. Yes. Um. So we definitely appreciate that. Real quick, I gotta get this because there was a point that you made in Next Friday that you forgot to mention, and I just want to give you your your moment. Real yeah. Quick so to, let me to, mention to, this to real quick, this. man. I ain't get to say this before. What the hell was
0: Craig wearing, bro? Like, what was that outfit about? Like, my my first thoughts was maybe it was some some copyright infringement. Maybe they couldn't know. They had uh Ben's and and Ralph Polo, all that shit. So I want to know, like, was that his nephew's jersey for his team? They just won the Super Bowl and and Pee-wee. Like, let me know, Q
1: need to holler at you, man. That's real. I think that's a valid question, because yeah. I never understood that. at And them Nikes? Out. Them
0: Value City Classics? Come on, man. Nah, oh, man. All
1: right, value man. City Classics, man. Oh. From your play shoes. Go outside. <laughs> Put your play shoes on go outside. Yeah, that's them. He was the birds, man. He was playing. <laughs> Glad you got a chance to get that off your chest. You know, I know that was uh, on Brun. your mind a little bit. Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, definitely, man. But we're here to talk about the late, great Earl Simmons DMX. We wanted to Make sure we gave him his flowers. Um, Unfortunately, we lost an icon not too long ago. And, you know, school and myself, wanted to make sure we paid some homage. And, you know, DMX had an acting career. Yeah. And, you know, there's a few movies that we want to, you know, just talk about the performances in. The movies that he starred in when he was at his peak of his fame. Um, If you're anywhere near our age, you can definitely remember the impact that DMX had. Mm -hmm. It was like no other um, especially me being a 5th, 6th grade Just seeing an artist come through like that With such a big presence like, Hearing a Rough Riders anthem for the first time Never hearing anything like that in my life At that time, 11 yeah. year old me was like What is this? Yeah. You get Straight what I'm up. saying? Yeah. Like what is this? Like I need more of that Like <laughs> and that wasn't even his lead single Nah And there's only two or Other artists that I can really think of I mean you can, three maybe That I can think of that had an Big as an impact Musically when they came out I can guess 50's on that list 50's definitely on that list Like when 50 came through Everybody was listening to 50 Yeah It's ridiculous Jeezy's on that list Absolutely When Jeezy came out Everybody was listening to Jeezy I remember my freshman year At University of Toledo When I pulled up to campus For the first time 10 cars in a row Was playing standing (laughs) ovation it's like crazy. you feel me? Like that that album went crazy. But mm-hmm. X had that similar impact. Yeah. Dropped two albums in one year and had Belly come out the same year. Yeah. All in the span of seven months. His first album uh came out in May. Belly came out in November. Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood came out in December. I mean, so he came through and changed the world and became the biggest star in the world. And that led to a bunch of other opportunities for him on the acting side. And It's pretty interesting when you think about DMX because one of the things he carried as an actor is his authenticity. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? He just carried things a certain way and you believed it was going to happen like that. Right. And that was unmatched for him. He always, everything he did, you believed it Mm -hmm. because that's how he lived his life. Like he didn't, he was very transparent about the good and the bad. He carried it all on his shoulders. Going back real quick, I know we just talked about that run he had with those two albums and Belly in the same year. I don't know if there's anybody, I can't think of anybody who had that kind of content come out in such a short span. There's only one person in history that I can think of, and that's Robert De Niro. In 1995, he had Casino and Heat drop within four weeks of each other. It's insane. And if you've ever seen both of those movies, then you know exactly what we mean. Like, yeah, that's mind-blowing that those yeah. came out in back-to-back months. Absolutely. Um, but that goes to show where DMX was talent-wise. And like I said, he came through and just changed the world. So anytime we lose an icon like that, anytime, especially for us, when we lose you know part of our childhood, yeah. um, we definitely want to make sure we pay homage and, and give him his flowers. And not while everything's still fresh. We wanted to wait a little bit and make sure people realize, like, hey... This is something we need to do every month. We need yeah. to celebrate our our lost ones, our legends, you know, and yeah. keep their name alive. One thing I say about X is that he had superstar power. Yeah. Like he just had your attention. Like he didn't have to be a good actor. Nah. Because there's a lot that. of actors that aren't good actors, but there's certainly movie stars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um. I ain't gonna name no names, man. I was about to, man. But I ain't <laughs> I about to can see it. No, I, can I ain't about to send no strays <laughs> out today, man. We celebrate X. Hey. <laughs> um, but yeah, you always paid attention when he was on screen. He could always grasp your attention. Um, it's pretty interesting about the roles he played, and we'll get into that, because he, he steered away from your stereotypical roles. He tried to yeah. branch out and do some other things. Yeah. Like Whether or not he was successful, um, he always, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I'm just going <laughs> to leave it at that. Like I said, DMX had some other movies that he came out with later on. He, even, he was even acting up until 2020. Yeah. He had a movie come out. He had some decent performances, but a lot of those movies were cameo roles and they weren't anything like the five, like I said, when he was at his peak of being DMX. And one one fun thing that, before we get into this list, because what we're going to do is we're going to break down our five favorite DMX performances. Yeah. Um, really out of the five movies that came out from 98 to 2004. You got Belly, you got Romeo Must Die, you got Exit Wounds, Cradle to the Grave, Never Die Alone. So those are the five we'll be discussing and ranking. One thing I was noticing when I was watching these movies is they don't make movies like this anymore. Like any of these five movies. Like back in the late 90s, early 2000s, studios would just find a star. So, yeah, I blame Rush Hour for
0: that. You know, trying to monetize that. We can get African-Americans or anyone of different background and just get them to do their thing, I guess you would say.
1: Yeah, because that was, that was exactly what these movies were. Yeah. Um, not all of them, obviously, right. but um, Belly's in its own categories within the culture. And we'll get into that here shortly. But um, just those silly movies where you just say, here's a few million dollars, you get a couple of big stars. Get some hip-hop elements into it. Get some action fighting into it. And then you know we'll see what happens. Right. And they those movies were successful for DMX. And we'll get into them here shortly. And I got to mention real quick that he always did his thing on the soundtrack. Always. Always. All these movies, he did his yeah. thing on the soundtrack. Without question. Belly soundtrack. Classic. I mean, we can do a podcast on that on its own. Oh, the Belly soundtrack is, man, timeless. If you were a hip-hop fan, yeah. like straight up. One of my favorite Beanie Siegel verses is on that, on Cruel Up. That Monopoly wordplay. My goodness. Insane. Um, but let's get into this list. How you want to do it? You want me to start out with my number five? You want to start with your number five? How you want to do this? Uh, you start with yours. All right. They're going to shoot me for mine. All right. So <laughs> my number five is Romeo Must Die. Okay. Romeo Must Die came out March 22nd, 2000. It was a Wednesday release, which is very rare. That and Belly were Wednesday releases, and that's very rare in Hollywood. That doesn't happen. I forgot that was a thing. Yeah, Wednesday release. Yeah, they used to definitely be a thing. You used, used to only do it for like holidays. Like if yep. Christmas fell on a Wednesday, you'd do something like that. But I don't know. The budget for this movie was $25 million. Gross, $91 million. So it was a hit in the box office. Mm-hmm. Of course, it had Jet Li in it. The late Great Aaliyah was in it. Um, DMX was in it or advertised to be in it. We'll <laughs> talk about that here in a second. That's why this is number five for me. Yeah. And it opened number two in the box office behind Aaron Brockovich. And that was an that's Oscar a, nominee. That's so, a win. That's a win for that movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about the movie and his performance in it. So, I, I guess I got to start by saying this movie's not good. Nah. And that ties... I'm not saying that just to shit on it. Nah. I'm, it's tying into my point. If DMX was in this movie more, I think you have a better movie, a much better movie. Yeah. Like, his role as Silk is the reason he got into Exit Wounds. Yeah. Because he was such a fan for Avan and people wanted to see more of X oh, on screen. Yeah. And that's the same way I felt. There he was in this movie for two scenes. But the two scenes were good. Right. They were good. And like I said, I wanted to see more DMX, and that goes to show just like I said, his star power, as we talked about earlier. Um, you know, I wanted this movie to be good so bad. Like <laughs> Aaliyah was my first celebrity crush. Like school's the one who had to break the news to me that Aaliyah passed away. Like yeah. I wanted this movie to be good, but it just it didn't hold my attention like that. But like I said, X did his thing, he just wasn't in the movie long enough. Um, I don't know if they, did they not see the video with X and Aaliyah? Did they not see the chemistry? chemistry? Like, yeah, get, yeah. That, that movie would have been incredible. Incredible, but, yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, it was pretty much I say I describe Silk as if Tommy Buns on the club. Okay, I you know what I mean. If Tommy yeah. Buns on the club, then that's what that's, Silk was. That's Silk. Yeah. And Buns would have never went out like Silk. Went nah, out. like that was, like, that was another too. thing too. So. Um, yeah, that was the first of I will say this about Romeo must die. It was the first of three movies with a, uh with this director. I, I'm I'm not gonna I'm a butcher's name, so I'm not gonna try it. But the same director directed Romeo must die, Exit Wounds and Cradle to the Grave, which came out back to back to back, which okay. is if you've seen those movies, then you'll see a lot of the same actors in those movies. Right. Um, DMX is in all three, of course. Isaiah Washington's in two of the movies. Yeah. Tom Arnold's in two of the movies. Yeah. Anthony Anderson's in all three of the movies. Yes. Uh, Jet Lee's in two of the movies. So, yeah. Aaliyah was scheduled to be in Cradle to the Grave until her untimely passing. So, yeah. you know, it, I like when... We talked about this in an earlier episode. I like when directors do that and they kind of use the same crew. And they did this for three movies in a row. Uh, but that's my number five. Um... Okay, so Romeo Must Die is actually my number four.
0: Um, I think it. I think it was With been, only two scenes, huh? I mean, I feel that's, it. yeah. It goes back to what you said. Like, the, I watched this movie thinking, of course, DMX is all in it. He's on the. He's on the poster. You know all that good stuff. Um, and he wasn't in it. But once I reveal my number five, you know, you'll know why. All
1: right, man. If you say so um number four for me is cradle to the grave okay um budget was 25 million it grossed 56 million opened number one in the opening weekend so you got a number one hit for uh dmx dmx played the character of anthony fade a jewel thief um i think the one thing that stands out to me in this movie is his range as far as him being a father yeah, him being a father and showing that side of things, like I say, he 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 tapped into that very well. Say Absolutely. what you want about other aspects of it, but he definitely tapped into that part. Um, Paige Heard, who was the young actress who plays his daughter, that is his actually a real life you know goddaughter, mm-hmm. and she was actually in Never Die Long She was uncredited, but yeah. she has been in a couple of Dmx movies as well. Um, and right now you would know her from Power. She's on the uh, Ghost as um I forget her name on there, but one of Teresa Little Shorties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> had some good action scenes Yeah, you got to see him as a different character like I said earlier um, I believe that he'd do whatever to get his daughter back yeah. and like I said one thing about DMX is everything that he's supposed to be doing I believe he's gonna do that I, I be- it looks believable on screen Yeah. This a quick little funny story Gabrielle Union she was in the movie she became close with DMX during this movie because she was the one that had to get DMX out of his trailer. The studio was <laughs> scared. They were scared of DMX. And they didn't want to you know, bother him or knock right. on his door to get in his trailer. So she used to go to get him, and she said that you know, he'd be in there watching Golden Girls. See? Tell her, come on in. They have a brew, have a, brew have a Heineken, and watch Golden Girls and stuff right. like that until they had to go shoot their scenes. So um, I, was, I thought that was a cool little interesting story. Uh, but yeah, what, what's Credible to the Grave for you?
0: Credible to the Grave is number three for me. I believe this is the movie that I was watching when I shot you a text saying I, I blame Rush Hour two. Like <laughs> Rush Hour two, if you don't know, was huge, and they after Rush Hour anyway, they was looking for that. I think that's why we got another D M X uh, movie. But <laughs> the entertainment in this movie is off the chain. Like Jet Li fighting a hundred people in the in the M M A cage before that was even real big. Like that's just. Famous, there was famous fighters in there yeah, too. Uh, Tito Ortiz, yeah, Chuck Liddell, Chuck yeah. Liddell. Yeah, it was a few. But yeah, Craig McGregor was very entertaining, man. I I definitely believe him as a father. Like, if that was me and I was in that situation, especially once, spoiler alert, once the the, the guy who had his daughter found what he was looking for and there was no need for his daughter, like, now you're really at a loss. Like, and when he had that phone call with his daughter, bro, like my heart was like, yo, hey man, turn this shit off. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. straight up. So shout out to X for that role, man. He did his thing.
1: Yeah, definitely, man. That's my number four. Only reason it's number four really because that the movie's like number four for me. Like yeah, it's not yeah. as yeah, you know, entertaining as my top three, so yeah. I'll get into number three. For me, it's Exit Wounds. Okay. And I'm going to say it right now. I'm ashamed of how much I like Exit <laughs> Wounds. Too. Like I really, I, I really am ashamed of how much I like Exit Wounds. Uh, it came out March 16, 2001. Uh, he played Latrell Walker or Leon Rollins. If you've seen the movie, you know what yeah, we're talking about. Yeah. The budget was $33 million. It grossed $80 million. It was a surprise. It was Steven Seagal's comeback, in a sense, in yeah. Hollywood. And it was actually the last like big theatrical release that Steven Seagal had. He was the lead, and DMX was the second lead. Right. Um, like I said, DMX got in this movie because of his performance in Romeo Must Die. Fans were saying we need more DMX, yeah. and you got the same director like I mentioned earlier. He said, "All right, well, he's the second lead now." Right. Um, the best way to describe this school is just a good bad movie. Good bad. It, movie. It's a good bad movie. Yes. It's a background movie. Yes. If you're doing something. Uh, mm-hmm. and you just need something in the background with some sound on it, or something to make you you, you know you'll look up every couple yeah, scenes, but it's not gonna yes. keep your attention. This is what you want, you know. He he plays well with everybody else in the movie as far as like on screen. Uh, he it's funny because he said he didn't like Steven Seagal. Yeah, he called him a dickhead. I can believe that. His words, you know. Hey. Uh, <laughs> I do believe that too. Um, cheesy action flick, everything that you want in that. Like I said, but Dmx took it seriously. He trained for six weeks. Uh, kickboxing, boxing, wrestling I mean, it shows on screen He yes. he held his own Like, it's That's part of the reason Why it's number three Because it doesn't look Terrible to the point Where you're like Alright, this doesn't even seem His shit look good Who? Steven Seagal shit Oh, not good Yeah, Steven nah, Seagal That's, <laughs> hey But that's Like I said that she, Movies they don't make anymore yes. They would never make this movie no, now No uh, But Steven Seagal Was actually kind of good And he's like one of the Worst actors ever Like, yes. as far as just acting yeah, He's yeah. one of the worst ever Like just overrated action star. But yeah man, what you got school? Uh I have exit wounds as number 2. Just number 2. Like, yeah, just
0: like you said, man. I can't believe that I'm I texted like, you and I told yeah, you man, I'm ashamed of how much like, I like Yeah, this movie. that I I like this movie um specifically too like the ending of it when uh, Tom Arnold Tom Arnold anyway is just his comedy is just unmatched. Just you know you know what I was
1: thinking about one. when uh I was watching this what? Tom Arnold kind of gave me Gary Owen vibes. Yeah, yeah. You know like what I'm Yeah, like, right? like,
0: like you're welcome, man. Come on in, man. <laughs> yeah, come on through, man. So, Tom Arnold, uh, excuse me, yeah. Tom Arnold was hilarious in this. Um, any, any scene he was in, so I guess he would be the scene stealer of all the movies that he's in. Um, Michael J. White was and, in this movie. And Anthony Anderson. Like, I forgot how funny. I'm sure one of these movies led to Kangaroo Jack. But we, ain't gonna yeah, we, only, <laughs> we ain't going to get we'll into that. Never, we going We'll never. This will, is the only yeah, time you ever hear about Kangaroo, Kangaroo Jack, Jack. Yeah, this podcast. but one of these movies led to Kangaroo Jack, so um, that's, that. yo, classic. So low-key, Anthony Anderson owes DMX for his career. Like, yeah, without DMX saying yes to this star
1: role, come on, man. Will we have Anthony Anderson? Or Kangaroo Jack? I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think we have Anthony Anderson, but... I think the yes. most important thing about the movies with DMX are because he's been in other stuff, a ton yes. of other things, but these were number one at the box office, yeah. big hits. Yeah, and, and Hollywood only cares about what's flowing in money. Yeah, right? if you bring in money, we'll take, we'll make ten of them. Yeah. That's why you got nine Fast and Furious that's right now. Fact. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they're making money, so that's yeah. what Hollywood—they build the franchises and stuff, and they want the same thing. They want the same results. It's all about the, uh, it's all about the profit for them. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. Um. You got anything else to say about Exit Wounds? Classic. I wouldn't go that far, but all right, then cool. So, number two for me, we're getting into the creme de la creme. Number two for me is going to be Never Die Alone. Ah, this is. Never. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, man. Never Die Alone. So, it, it premiered March 26, 2004, and it actually went to Sundance in January. Sundance is a big deal out there in Utah. Um it this this movie's based off a book that came out in the 70s and uh, it was a box office bomb I'm just going to be honest with you DMX played King David <laughs> the budget was 3 million and made 5.9 million so the reason this movie is number 2 for me is because it's the unintentional comedy in this movie is yes. off the charts yes like to the point where I'm literally <laughs> watching this movie and I'm like I'm laughing because I'm like, man, this is supposed to be serious. <laughs> and then I'm thinking again to myself, like, the, the, the comedy is so effective in this movie yeah. that I had to start questioning, like, is this, it's, are they are they trying to be funny? Okay. Like, I know it's the serious tone of the movie and it's mm-hmm. everything in here supposed to be serious, but yes. I think they are trying to be funny. Like, I, I had yeah. to question it. Yeah. And so. that alone just lets you know. They can never make a movie like this today. Nah. You know, uh, the big critics, of, you know, the big critics of this movie were talking about how misogynistic it was. It's yeah. just, it's not a, it's not, It's a controversial movie in 2021, let's put it like that. Yeah. But the comedy in it is hilarious. This DMX one. is hilarious yeah. in this, this movie. He's not trying to be hilarious. Like, one of my favorite scenes is when, spoiler alert, <laughs> <laughs> came out in 2004 But spoiler alert. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes is when he got stabbed yeah. and he's in the back seat getting driven to the hospital He's he's, oh, <laughs> tell me if I die. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey,
0: this movie's silly, bro.
1: This movie's so bad.
0: Hey. This movie's so bad that it's good, bro. So so I gotta say this. This is my number one. Like, this is it. Bro. Hold on, man. Ebrie. Hey. Hold on, hold on <laughs> man.
1: Hold on. Chill out. I ain't finished, man. Ibra gave me three... <laughs> I know man Ebert gave it three and a half out of four stars yeah yeah, bro that's a classic Hey, if you see (laughs) I can't even repeat some of the stuff that was said in this movie that's got me weak right now yes this movie is if you've seen this movie you know you you know exactly what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. it's not a good movie by any means but it's a good movie yeah like it's got some good actors in it Clifton Powell's in it yes Michael Ely's in it yes uh Little homeboy for Sunset Park and uh Coach Carter was in it. Yeah. Um I know exactly what you're talking about. He's one of them Bad guys. Bad guys. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. you yeah, you was in yeah. yeah. one girl in it. Man I Reckon Gomez in it. I'm <laughs> um, <laughs> my fault, man. Let me compose myself, man. Hey. Never die long. Let me put it like this, man. Never die as long. When we was doing our research, when yes. I was doing my rewatches of these movies. Never Dies Alone is the only movie I watched twice. Yeah, I watched it back to back. Hey, because I, really like hey, I had to watch it again. Like <laughs> this movie is, is this supposed to be? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> oh man, uh, I don't even know what to say about it. But like I said, the unintentional comedy, man. If you, I got a sick twisted sense of humor anyway. So yeah. some of y'all might watch this and be like, man, what is he laughing at? There's nothing, there's nothing funny about this movie. But, yeah, I definitely uh, uh, follow dark humor. Yeah, dark so, humor is right in my alley. So um. So I, I definitely just want to... Hold on, oh, man. It. I got one more thing to oh, say, no. man. He start. Hey, he started this movie by quoting James Brown. <laughs> he quote he the Bible and James Brown in the same sentence, Yeah, right? That's how this movie That's starts. That's
0: DMX. <laughs> like, what you expect,
1: man? They told
0: him... <laughs> he to have that. Hey, uh, <laughs> Why that this nigga... Why he getting weak? I'm just gonna say this. I, this is my number one. And <laughs> the reason it's number one is because everything that Rich just said, plus... Shit. DMX went in his bag like he really tried like you could tell he really tried he probably hired an acting coach for six months or something like I feel like he tried to
1: yeah man nah his performance listen yeah, like, Listen. I'll, I'll say this just not to cut in on your point his performances that's crazy when people say that not yeah. to cut in on your point and then they cut, cut in your point. yeah it's cool uh, yeah. his performance was the one good point when the critic. I read the reviews of when yeah. it came out and they slammed this movie. But the one thing that were say, everybody across the board, they praised MS performance yeah, in this movie. Absolutely.
0: He did his thing. <laughs> so, but yeah, this, this is why it's number one for me. And my Healy did his thing. Always. Yeah. It saddens me that your number one <laughs> is going to be my my number
1: five. Yeah, Go we ahead, got to talk man. about this because I don't even really understand wait. why. This is remember. why I couldn't, I couldn't wait to do the pie right. Come on. Now, listen, I know... I'm you my brother so I know you and yeah. I I know you I know how you feel about belly I just would never have thought you would put it number 5 I'm, We I'm talking bad. I'm talking about performances me too wow wow <laughs> yeah, belly's number one for me man Tommy Buns best character X has ever played if I'm wrong please let me know King at David. Culture Guard Podcast <laughs> King David. on Instagram <laughs> belly came out November 4th 1998 Tommy Buns Bundy named after Tommy from Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Budget was three million, gross nine point six million, so it made a little bit of money, but it's known for being a cult classic within the hood. Um you gonna find more people that like belly than not. And I'm listening, I'm yeah, man. I'm not the biggest belly guy. Like I'm not everybody loves to open a scene. That's what they spent most of the budget on, so it makes sense. I love to open the opening scene myself. Um X steals every scene that he's in in this movie, man. Like, he's, he draws attention in every single scene that he's in. Except for the one. Except for the exception with Lennox. Yeah. 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 The, the scene with Lennox, now, uh, Louis Rankin did his thing. Yeah. All right? Hot. But other than that, he carried the movie and it's one of those cultural staples, like I said earlier. It's Tommy Buns is a cultural staple. Like, people will watch, even if the, the movie's got its flaws for sure, it's not connected at all. It's all over the place. Shit's trash. Go
0: ahead, man. Go ahead. You take over. This is your number five. That shit ahead. trash, bro. If y'all like this, never mind. Um, it's number five for me, and, and, and it's number five because for one, like you said, it's all over the place. His now his acting performance. It's number. Two. If I had a list of acting performance, this would be number two. But that's because he's in a movie with Mace <laughs> T. Boz. Mace ain't in the movie. What's oh, what? he ain't. Nas, whoever, they all trash. <laughs> the acting is horrible, man. Like
1: so if you so if you his thing, bro,
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. but you he next to Nas. Like You act like he in this movie with Clifton. By the time he did the shit with Clifton, he was yeah you know what I'm saying. He, he, man, listen. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I don't mean to get weak, cause I know it's somebody right now that's listening. Like, what, Bowie? That's my shit. <laughs> but nah, yeah, that that shit that that movie's horrible, man. Nas is, whew.
1: man, it's bad. Yeah, man. It's bad. Uh, I I don't agree with like I like I said, I did it off performances, so X is uh, definitely. Imagine if it, it was a. Imagine if he had a pops, and his
0: pops was random actor I'm gonna shot Shea McBride played this pops and belly yeah. Shea would kill this movie we'd be talking about Shea McBride yeah that's real like come on man he was up against Nas <laughs> T-Bas yes <laughs> I want this in here I want you to no 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 no. I'm talking me. about this episode are we keep- <laughs> are you keeping this episode bro? <laughs>
1: I'm you we this I'm done hey nigga, bro. That's you man yeah man I can't wait till you hear back from people about your belly uh, your thoughts and their responses and stuff like that but you know the kick podcast might be canceled from this point on but you know we'll find out uh, but you know we had a lot of laughs man Uh that's what X did, man. That's yeah. why we want to celebrate him, man. Yes. That's what, X gave us a lot of good moments. Yes. And uh, if you watch those movies, man, you, you'll understand why I'm getting so weak. But yeah, man, listen. That's your opinion, man. That's your life. Stand on that. Make I sure will. when anybody run down on you in these streets, stand on that, school. I will. You know I will. We definitely <laughs> appreciate y'all. This wasn't a long episode. We just wanted to make nah. sure we gave X his flowers and uh, reminisce on some of the, the, the great works that he gave with us. Say what you want about his movies. He's got some rewatch. He's got everything that you need to rewatch these movies over yeah. and over again. So um thank you, X. We appreciate it for everything you did. We know yes. your impact is really on the music side, but what you did for the film, um, we definitely appreciate it. We enjoy it. We want to give you your flowers. For the rest of y'all, thank you for listening. We have another episode coming very soon. We hinted at it the previous episode. Early 90s classic, still holds up. Mm-hmm. If y'all can guess, hit us up on IG, Culture Garden Podcast. Let me know what you think it is. I'll make a poll and see if you can guess what the movie is. Early 90s classic, still holds up. Um, A lot of fun. It's a very fun movie. We're going to have a special guest with us for that episode. Um, Who requested to be, he specifically said, when y'all do this movie, please let me be on the episode, so... Uh we're not going to tell you what it is cuz we rule like that. But yeah. anyway, we appreciate all y'all. I can't y'all wait. be. Yeah, no doubt, man. Y'all be cool, how y'all be cool? Peace.